Faith, I know how fascinated, if not obsessed, you are by the metaverse. Mm -hmm. And with good reason, because it is all around us and it possibly could change the way we live, although we're not sure yet. But we are sure that we have somebody here to talk to us about it. How's that for a segue? He's Alex, and he's been working in and around the metaverse, augmented reality, virtual reality for a long, long time. So he has a great historical perspective and a current practitioner's perspective. And I think we'll have a great conversation about where we are in this parallel universe that's being built right before our eyes. I was looking at his website and I was thinking, oh my God, is real life over? So we should ask him that. Sooner than later. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So let's get him on. Hey, Alex. Alex? Hi, guys. Hey. Hi. How are you? I am good. Thank you. How are you doing? We're doing well. Where are you? I am in London. In London. We're very happy to have you. And we were wondering, and thank you for joining us, if you would mind a minute or two or three or whatever, telling us who you are, what makes you different. Yes. Um, I was into technology for, from a young age. Really, I uh, started building computers so I could play computer games, quite frankly. And I quickly got into working within the industry as an art worker. And from there, I just, I just consistently developed uh, my own kind of learnings in 3D animation, motion graphics, motion design, filmmaking, a bit of visual effects. Um, and then I finally ended at a company which specialised in marketing with immersive technology. And uh, that was about 10 years ago. So I've been doing AR and VR and other immersive technologies for about 10 years. I think a good place to start is how would you describe the metaverse to somebody who reads about it every day, tries, struggles to understand it, and still says, I don't really know what this is. Meaning if I had to describe it to somebody, all I could say is it's another world somewhere. Yeah, well, there's two sides to this. The metaverse is a concept. It's it's about um, having lots of different elements in Web 3.0 that all talk to each other and all kind of rely on each other. The metaverse essentially concept is a persistent uh, series of persistent worlds which go beyond physical and allow them all to communicate together and and characters to, to have similar properties within these spaces. Sounds like the real power of building this world and the massive processing power we have now to deliver it is that you're stepping into a place that is so immersive that it almost defies your expectation of what the next generation can be because it feels so real. I mean, if we're talking about combining immersive technologies, we're talking about, say, for example, virtual reality and going into virtual worlds there. Or, you know, one of the really exciting things is the idea of always being connected and through augmented reality. And, you know, Apple release and their AR glasses, you can put these AR glasses on. And you can see virtual worlds put onto the real world around you. Um, Those virtual trainers that I bought for Decentraland, you can see them on my feet in the real world. And and that's part of this idea of persistence um, and this merging of the physical and digital worlds. And that's really what the metaverse will be. But at the moment, what we have is we have like virtual platforms um, and they they don't really talk together. They're not persistent. A lot of them are very much walled gardens, as in, you know, the stipulations on what you can create are controlled by the developers. Um, so, you know, we're not at a point where, where the metaverse really exists at the moment. The point we're at is we have virtual worlds, Roblox, Minecraft, Fortnite Create, Decentraland, Sandbox. We have these virtual worlds. They don't talk together. They don't exist outside of these spaces. They're limited 
to by the amount of people that can utilize them simultaneously. And as things develop, as our computing power develops, as our as our networking speed develops even further, as the ability for different systems, like a base language for different systems to talk to together evolves, that's when everything will become interconnected and will truly have a metaverse. Now, I was just going to ask you this. Picture a metaverse without any hardware. Picture a metaverse without the Oculus, without the screen. Yep, yep. So am I actually like crossing the street into a place that might be a lot more fun than the place I'm in? Yeah, yeah. It, essentially, what you're saying is, uh, will the will the experiences allowed by the metaverse be more compelling than the real world? Well, or uh, you're saying that because experience is basically a brain process and our brains are biochemical. So it gets back to Neuralink, right? Could you basically create an individualized metaverse through manipulation of people's individual psyches? I mean, so I've always been a believer that real holograms won't exist for a long, long time, for example. And the reason behind that is it's easier to fool your mind that something is physically there than to create a hologram, essentially. Mm. Like, you know, I, I think we've we've kind of moved through this through the age of I see and I and and uh, and I own and I share, kind of like going from TV up to like social. And now we're in the age of I experience and I want to create. So I think that yeah, I think particularly with marketing, we've become particularly adept at this. And with you know, if you see a lot of the kind of the, the more immersive art kind of installations we have now, where you know you bring in technology into large spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we are always trying to elicit emotional response through technology. Um, and as computing power grows, of course, we'll be able to do this more effectively. I think where computing power gets much greater as well, we'll mm-hmm. be able to do these things a lot more on the fly. And, you know, we'll be able to have a, a characters and environments which react more to us as individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, and that will obviously be more immersive and more compelling. What are some bad things happening on the metaverse? We see... We're talking about harassment or I've heard about rape. Talk to me. I'm going to be candid. Like when it comes to stuff like that, oh, my character got assaulted. I'm like, come on, like get a grip. <laughs> like to, to be honest, at the end of the day, I, I don't, you know. Now, use your words. What do you, what do you mean? What do I mean? What do I mean? It's like, it's, it's, it's a virtual space and it's a virtual personality. And I'm not going to really hear um, someone talking about that they've been assaulted uh, online. Their character's been assaulted online. I haven't heard of that, but if I, you know, I, I wouldn't have much time for that, to be honest. You could have bullying online. We do have bullying online now. We have teenagers committing suicide because of online bullying. So yeah. why wouldn't the metaverse, which is, I think, Faith's question, just amplify all of that bad behavior? Yeah. I totally agree. Let me just clarify this. I'm going to separate someone saying that their character has been physically assaulted from online bullying because we know online bullying is effective and we know as people get more on social platforms it does affect their psyche and it does affect their okay, mental, their mental state. Of myself let's say i look like myself i'm in a room and then another avatar like jumps on me mm-hmm. you know you know like disgusting way right and this and that it's not physical but it's real it feels real i'm representing myself in this room and then this other thing jumps on me or like kicks me or whatever. Well, rip, somebody's clothes get ripped off, right? And it feels like, and it looks like, and it feels like feels that it's really happening. We do know that the brain influences physiology. 
So yeah, they, if you could meditate and lower your blood pressure, that shows the mind-brain connection is pretty powerful. So yeah, you could yeah. feel violated, even though physically you weren't touched, I think is the, is the point. Yeah, and I think that is the case. You know, you, you can feel like that, you know. To, to be honest, it comes down to the individual, you know. And I think a lot of the worries and the troubles that people experience online, I think, you know, you, you, can, you can clearly separate yeah, I'm not an expert in this, but I would say you can clearly separate the effect it has on adults versus the effect it has on kids. Okay. And, and, and that level of maturity. Now, you should essentially be, I wouldn't say monitoring, but you should be kind of stewarding your children online in particular ways. Anyway, you know, I mean, if we want to hypothesize who has control of these decentralized platforms, you know, how do they regulate the behavior onto these platforms on these platforms? You know, if we're talking about a world where this feels so realistic that I actually feel assaulted by this, then hopefully we'll be at a point that the regulation and machine learning and essentially the AI, which allows rules to be enforced or check things that, that, that happen, won't allow these things to happen. Yeah, I think so, the reason our brains go there intuitively is because we've seen a lot of examples, unfortunately, where technology gives bad actors, the ability to act out fantasies and regulations fall behind and then regulations try to catch up. You're seeing with Twitter and, uh, and everywhere, it creates enormous controversy. So that, that is true. Uh, but then you also look at the, the fact that we're talking about decentralized platforms and people that have a stake in decentralized platforms can govern rules surrounding it as well. So rather than waiting for a big behemoth of a company to act, and to kind of self-govern, it's the people within that community that will evolve how that space is governed. And I guess that's one of the good things about decentralization. If yeah. everybody was happy and feeling great, yeah, what would the world look like? I mean, this is obviously highly hypothetical, but I think that ideally we get to a situation where we have like a third wave of industrialization and we have AI and we have robots. And all of our day-to-day -day life is taken care of and people are just there creating. I think that would be my closest idea to a bit of a utopia. What, what are you going to be creating? Like art? Or art, music, ideas. Can we take away the necessity to earn money or to yeah. worry about life or things every day and we, we go to our finer selves and we create? Precisely, precisely. I mean, I think we can all understand that the resources for us all to exist and thrive are, are on the planet, you know, and um, currently they are on the planet and they're just not distributed in a particular way. And I don't feel like humanity has its priorities in order, to be quite frank. I was going to ask you, is there a way that you could see the metaverse being the host to us uploading our uh, body has a certain life, you know, plan? It wears out. But if we could upload our consciousnesses into a metaverse, what would that be like? Interesting one. So I think, first of all, we have to consider socially how people would react to something like that. You know, I, I about five or six years ago, I started asking this question to people. And it was, okay, if you could upload your brain to a computer, or if everyone essentially say you know if everyone could upload their brains to a computer or if we all lived in the matrix like like in the classic film right 
yet we only consumed 10% of the resources we do on, on Earth now, and we could live our ideal lives, would you do it? And I think the majority of people, I think there's something innate within us which isn't comfortable with that. Yeah, I think also there's a separation between consciousness, which philosophers have debated for centuries, so-called theory of mind, yep. and giving AI the ability to recreate what you would say forever. So if you had AI tracking everything you've said, then you could create an avatar of you that will respond, you know, 99, certainly five years, with 99% accuracy of what you would say yourself, because it understands your thought patterns, it understands how you put words together. It could replicate, it could be your psychic twin, but would have no consciousness. So part of the reason people are uncomfortable with that is it, is it eliminates the idea of self-determination. You know, it's saying everything is, is nurture, you know? Um, and I don't think, again, like it's a people have theorized on these things for hundreds of years, essentially thousands of years. And when you talk about uploading an intelligence and essentially kind of like chaos theory, knowing that because of every decision, you're, every decision you've made, this is what the choice you'd make in that, in, in, at that position. I think it, people become uncomfortable with that concept. Because there could be little glitches in the... Yeah, okay. And this is it. And again, this is this this, this comes back to it. It's a case of you know, are we then eliminating kind of like self determinism, and are we saying that we're relying on an algorithm and its past knowledge of you to make your future decisions? Again, this is it. Maybe it may actually be quite egocentric to consider that I can determine exactly what's going to happen in the future. But I do think that we're going to. what, is in, what I find really interesting is that technology and is beginning to kind of reignite these debates around kind of really old questions. Yeah. But what's the benefit of that? I understand there's an ESG benefit, but if that's the only reason to do it, imagine if we put all the brain power that's going into creating this virtual parallel universe into solving some of the carbon issues that we have. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I agree. That's not the way things are going at the moment, particularly when we're talking about cryptos and all of the kind of emissions around that. And I think, as I said earlier, I I think that, you know, humanity's priorities are wrong. And I think that people are not incentivized well enough to solve these problems. I think, and then this comes to to much older questions. Well, I say much older, but the way things are uh, portrayed in the media and the desire for, I guess, society to want you to want more, you know, to keep growth going, to keep kind of like, uh, to keep keep growth going. I, I, you know, it's like, it's like I know a lot of teachers. You know, my son's mother's a teacher. And as far as I'm concerned, teachers should be paid a lot of money. They're developing the minds of the future. Um, but that's not how things how things run, and I think that that comes from kind of like a top down. On one hand, it comes from top down, and on the other hand, it comes from a wider demand from society to improve things. And also, insight into oneself to say what's important and you know matters. Yeah, yeah, very much so, very much so. To be honest, this is part of the reason that I'm having more ability and more demand to look at wellness and technology and wellness but you know we are kind of like slow walking and i think it's emerging now the mental effects that lockdown has had on people and i think we're kind of like at a bit of a beginning of that coming to light so how do you and we all have this issue so we're not picking on you how do you sort of recognize the values that you espouse 
um, you know, your perspective that we've become overly consumer animals. Yeah. Helping, if you will, large companies gain a foothold in the metaverse. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I mean, I think that because the metaverse is obviously burgeoning, or the idea, you know, what we consider to be a metaverse now is actually is actually burgeoning. Right. I think it's a lot more of a kind of like a we're back to where we were when I first started VR. An agency will come to you, I need to do something in the metaverse. Mm-hmm. Like, do you really need to do something in the metaverse? Or it's just a buzzword at the moment that they're using right. to kind of gain kind of recognition. I am right. playing, I'm, I'm playing in this space. You know, it doesn't really serve massive purpose for people at the moment, to be honest. I think that where I can reconcile this is, and I've done this kind of like numerous times before, is to be honest, brands have money, right? And a lot of the time we're seeing this change, particularly in the kind of immersive art world. But a lot of the time, no one else is going to pay for these experiences, whether they're well-being experiences, whether they're an experience to excite. I try to, you know, you look at like particular types of advert and they can still move you and make you feel things despite the fact that they're attached uh, attached to a brand. And I think a lot of the time what brands want is for people to have a positive experience and obviously associate that with their brand. But a lot of the time we have like a soft sell, you know. It's yes, like no, There's no doubt brands yeah. want to engage. But I said to Faith the other day, the worst thing that could happen is if the metaverse just turns into a strip mall. You know, and, and again, this this is why I pull back to the idea that we don't truly have a metaverse at the moment. The metaverse doesn't yeah. exist at the moment. It's a buzzword. But can I just say that I thought you were fascinating and Thank you so much on behalf of Adam and me. It was really incredible, really, your insights. So we love you. Oh, thank you for having me. So that was another episode of Jolty. Faith and I enjoyed it. We love shaking things up. We love hosting people who are transforming the world, who refuse to accept the status quo, and who are hopefully, and I think are helping our listeners succeed in this jolty, jagged, and complicated world that we're in. So please rate us or comment on iTunes or the platform of your choice, but be nice. Tell your friends and uh, see you next time. Yeah. See you in the future, peeps. See you in the future.